A reading from Psalm 66. Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept us among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, yet you have brought us out to a spacious place. I will come into your house with burnt offerings. I will pay you my vows, those that my lips uttered and my mouth promised when I was in trouble. I will offer to burn I will offer to you burnt offerings of fatlings with the smoke of the sacrifice of rams. I will make an offering of bulls and goats. Come and hear, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for me. I cried aloud to him, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I had cherished inequity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly, God has listened. He has given heed to the words of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. The word of God for the people of God. It's wonderful to see you all this morning. Good morning and happy Mother's Day. It's great to be in worship on a day when we're, hang when we're hearing joyful noises of our children and when we hear joyful noise expressed in the gift of music through today's special music. Uh, thanks to our choir and orchestra. And this morning we're going to talk a little bit about the joyful noise that God receives when we talk about God out loud. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, surround us with the good gifts of your spirit and the grace and love of your word. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be accepted in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Presbyterians spend a lot of time on statements of what we believe. Whether you have been here for a long time or a newcomer among us, you may have noticed that we ask people to make what we call professions of faith. You witnessed that this morning as parents made a profession of faith on behalf of their children being baptized. We do the same thing when we welcome new members or when our young people are confirmed. We have a whole book of confessional statements that are part of our church's constitution, our history, our guiding principles, the description of where we came from as a family of faith. When we ordain ministers or elders or deacons, we ask them to affirm a long list of statements of belief. Why? Why do we do so much of this? 
Every year when we train a new class of church officers, elders, and deacons, I spend some time talking to them about why we ask them to make public statements of faith. I know that not all of them are comfortable doing so out loud. I know that there is unfamiliar language and ideas expressed in those statements. And, and, and yet, we continue to do this thing of making statements of faith. So we take some time in our officer training to talk about why Presbyterians say what we believe out loud. There are a number of things that, that may give them pause. Some are not sure about affirming the authority of the Bible, a book that sometimes said some pretty strange things, or about what exactly it means to confirm and affirm the essential tenets of the Reformed faith. These are concepts and ideas that are often unfamiliar, and so I have an analogy I always draw upon. I once read a book by a professor named Tom Long who claimed that statements of belief function much like telling someone, I love you. When we are new in a relationship, when we want to be truly close to the other person, at some point we are going to take a chance and for the first time say to them, I love you. Not only are we nervous about what the other person may say back, but if we think about it, we really don't know ourselves what those words mean. If the relationship sticks, if it remains and grows, we will find that saying I love you comes to mean something very different 5, 20, or 50 years later. And when it carries with it experiences of raising children, or blending families, or enduring loss together, those things to change the meaning of the words, I love you. Sometimes we learn that saying I love you has to do with falling away, or letting go. Over the course of a life, I love you is a phrase that means so many, many things. And if we don't have the courage to say it the first time, we will never discover any of the rest. And that, wrote Tom Long, is how statements of belief work. That is what it is like to affirm out loud things like the statement, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Or, I renounce sin and its power in the world. Or, I place my trust in Jesus Christ and promise to be obedient to his way of life. We don't really know what any of the, these things mean, especially when we first say them. Do any of us really place our undivided trust in Jesus enough to claim him as our only Savior and Lord? Do we trust him without do we trust him more than we trust our savings accounts or our own sense of self-reliance? Do any of us truly renounce the power of sin in the world? Have we entirely given up on violence and revenge in everything that we do or on power as a means of control and substances as a means of comfort? Are any of us fully obedient to the extravagant demands Jesus makes of those who would claim to follow him? 
Are we always prepared to walk the extra mile, to love our neighbors as we love ourselves? We don't know what these words of faith really mean. We chuckle when a 15-year-old boy cries out, but mom, Jenny and I are in love. But anyone who tells you that they really understand these confessions, these statements we make when a child is baptized or when we join a church, they are being at least as foolish. And yet even though we don't really know what these words of belief mean, Christians throughout time have been convinced that saying them out loud is important. Because when we do, we are forced to think about what they mean for us, and we start a journey. It is like saying, I love you, for the very first time. Mother's Day is a good day to remember the importance of saying things out loud. The greeting cards, the flowers, the brunch after church, each of these gestures is important. But what parent doesn't want to hear the words of thanks that so often go unsaid? Thank you, Mom, for all of the early mornings and the late nights and the sleepless worrying that you have endured for my sake. Thank you for the countless hours of chauffeuring me around, the laundry and the cooking, the taking care of me when I was sick, the going without something nice for yourself so that I could get the thing that I wanted, the loving me still when I was a teenager and treated you like so much garbage. Saying these things out loud makes a difference to parents, doesn't it? Equally important is saying out loud that Mother's Day is not a happy occasion for all. For many, it's a day of grief. On this day, many among us are aware of estranged and broken relationships. Others among us are thinking of parents or spouses or children who have died. Infertility and miscarriages and all kinds of heartbreak are also a part of this day. And it's necessary to say that out loud, especially here in church, because you're not going to find sensitivity to those matters in a gift shop. Saying things out loud does not fix everything. Saying thank you to mom doesn't change the fact that you were once an ungrateful teenager. Acknowledging the pain of an estranged relationship doesn't mean that it's no longer painful. But when we speak about these things out loud, we start to understand each other and give ourselves a chance to grow in love. Speaking out loud doesn't fix everything, but it's a start and it matters. Saying things out loud is important to human relationships. And doing so is also foundational to faith in God. 
That is why so many of our scriptures talk about praise to God. We are supposed to grow our faith by talking out loud about the things God has done for us. So today's psalm begins like several others, make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. It continues with words like, let the sound of God's praise be heard. I will come into your house, O God, with offerings. I will pay you vows. Come and hear, the psalmist says. Come and hear, all of you, and I will tell you what God has done for me. What must it be like? For our heavenly parent, our mother God, to hear us offer these words. If God is like a mother, it must be amazing when we offer our praise and incredible affirmation that after all these years, the love God showed for us had its impact. We are growing into the grateful, humble, faithful people our Creator always hoped we might become. And yet, of course... God doesn't need for us to say these things. God will be okay without our praise and thanks. But saying them out loud is also good for us. When we praise and thank God, we remind ourselves of just how fortunate and blessed we have been. We revive in ourselves a sense of gratitude for the life we've been given. We remind ourselves of how foolish and ungrateful and flawed we have been on so many occasions, and we restore in ourselves an appropriate sense of humility. We remind ourselves how helpless we are and how much we need God. And who among us does not need a little more gratitude and humility in life? There are plenty of ways to speak our praise. We do so through music and the beautiful sounds we make through voice and instrument. No doubt these things remind God of our gratitude. We speak with actions and the living of good and selfless lives. This no doubt gives joy to God. And yet, saying the words is important too even if it is sometimes a bit uncomfortable or unfamiliar, it is worth it. And that is because, yes, it is true, many of us prefer not to talk about our faith. We'd rather let our actions speak for us. But if we always rely on our actions to speak about God, we had better be really well behaved. So while actions may speak louder than words, words too are important. And yes, I know many of us are not naturally inclined toward being evangelical. It does not come easily for us to talk about faith among our coworkers or neighbors. It may even make us uncomfortable when other people do it. But on the other hand, keeping our faith a secret especially if we find faith really important and helpful in our lives, keeping that kind of faith a secret is really a selfish thing to do. If God has been good to us, if that goodness has made our lives more joyful, shouldn't we try to find a way to share it? 
Perhaps we could be a little more brave about inviting someone we know to join us in an experience that has meant so much to us, to come and sing with us some Sunday, to enjoy the friends in Christ we have met in our family of faith. Perhaps when someone notices that you seem to have joy in life and confidence that things will work out when times get hard, perhaps you can be more willing to say that for you, God's love has played a part in that and to see where that conversation might go. The irony of Mother's Day is its reminder that while it is good to tell our moms thank you today, the real game changer would be to be more grateful the other 364 days of the year. And so it is with faith also. Some of us aren't sure how to pray or why. In my own life, I have found it instantly helpful to begin each day with a few minutes of thanking God for the love she has shown to me. To leave my phone aside, to wait to check the news, to take a few minutes waking earlier in the morning while it is still quiet, to take a few deep breaths, and to name my blessings at the start of each day. And precisely because I am far from perfect and I do not get this done every morning, I know how much difference it makes when I do. So I commend to you, take a few minutes to consider for yourself, to name out loud before God and to someone else the blessings of your life, the things for which you are thankful. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Let the sound of God's praise be heard. Tell those who are willing to listen what God has done for you. Say, I love you. Maybe for the first time. Who knows how your life might change. Amen.